I've been in co-founder relationships in the past that were where like both people were trying to do the same thing and it created a lot of tension. And ultimately, I think was like a big part of why like the company failed. Welcome to Honesty Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. Today, I'm welcoming to the show not one, but two co-founders of Freestyle, a modern parenthood company, Russ and Mike. Welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Let's talk about Freestyle, a modern parenthood company. What are the types of products that I would find on your website these days? Yeah, we're uh, Freestyle is currently selling uh, diapers and wipes, and so those are forming the core of what we intend to be a, a wide future product line that hopefully uh, helps young folks who are thinking about uh, starting to have kids all the way through the time when their kids are in diapers. Awesome. So take me back in time. Where'd the idea for this business come from? Yeah, um, Russ and I got connected when we were a few years ago. Um, when we were both kind of figuring out our next um, kind of moves professionally, um, we got connected through a mutual friend with the kind of only context being that we were both dads and we both liked consumer brands. Um, and uh, I was living in New York at the time. Russ is in LA. We hopped on a phone call and, um, you know, just hit it off. I think like, I think we shared a lot of, you know, as both being dads, Russ, um, having previously worked at a baby care company, had some ideas in the space just about doing things differently when it came to baby care. And um, <clears throat> it was really interesting. And obviously, the relationship seemed to um, be very complementary from like a skill set perspective. Um, and so, you know, just it was just one of these things that wasn't really planned. It just kind of naturally evolved over time. And um you know, tested out a couple of different concepts. And then we finally landed on what became Freestyle um, because Russ had a relationship with the supplier. What we launched with Freestyle was the first and only tree-free diaper on the on the US market. So every other diaper um, in existence uh, uh, uses tree pulp in the core of the diaper, which depending on the size of the diaper, roughly 30 to 35 to 45% of the material used in the diaper. Um, and about a billion trees are cut down every year to supply the global um, diaper market. So, you know, we thought it was really interesting to kind of explore that. Um, so we started working with them. We did a bunch of actual like lab testing. And the beauty of, um, of what we did was instead of using trees, um, we used organic bamboo. Um, Bamboo has a, a 30 to 90 day harvest cycle. Um, it's technically a grass. It's the fastest growing plant um, in the world. Um, but the beauty was it's actually like a drier material um, when processed. And so the diapers actually outperform, you know, all the leading brands in the natural space, um, like across the board. And so we got really excited about the product. Um, it gave us a lot of conviction to kind of go out and get this thing live. Awesome. So Let's walk through that timeline uh, here, here uh, kind of quickly. So we've you guys meet 
uh, you see that there is some kind of complementary skill sets. Can we talk a bit about like how to identify if someone would be a good co-founder for those out there that might be going through the same journey? Uh, and I like how you said complementary skill sets, not the same skill sets. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can share my perspective on that because you know when I first got on a call with Mike, it was actually in the context of him as an investor potentially, um, and we just got to talking about just like he said, our shared experiences, dads, and what we thought were opportunities in the the parenting and baby care space in general. And what quickly became clear was, you know, he was sharing his background in having launched a CPG brand that had, um, and Mike, you know, feel free to to recharacterize this if you think it's unfair, but it, it you know, it had very like kind of uh, streetwear or kind of like uh, skating influences, which were something that was, you know, this is 2020, everyone was talking about like hype brands and drops and streetwear. And it just felt like such a cool opportunity because like if we could somehow leverage that experience with this concept of, you know, the supplier that I knew at the time, um, nobody's done this in the baby care world. Right. And one thing I knew about my own background was that I um, I think I'm very good at deal making and at, um, you know, at, at getting convincing folks to do big things and take risks. But you know, candidly, I don't know that I trust even my own taste. <laughs> you know, like I know what good looks like. I have no idea how to create it. Um, and I think that was what was awesome about talking with Mike is it became clear that, you know, the things that I like to do were things that he didn't like to do. And the things that he was able to do were things that I was totally unable to do. Absolutely. So there was some clear delineation in where the kind of like workload would be balanced between the two of you from an early kind of onset. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think... Um, like I've been in co-founder relationships in the past that were, where like both people were trying to do the same thing and it created a lot of tension. And ultimately I think was like a big part of why like the company failed, um, or like why it didn't have, you know, and another one where like, I think it could have been more successful. Um, and it's not to say that like Russ is like totally disconnected from like the brand and marketing side. And I'm totally disconnected from like, you know, the kind of business and operations side of it. Like, you know, we're, we're a team and like, you know, I think we're both well-versed in both sides of the business where, you know, if one of us needs to step in and help out with something, like we can do that. Both of us have ideas. We can, you know, uh, bounce feedback off or bounce ideas off each other to get that feedback, you know, um, you know, so it's like sometimes it, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're we're stepping into e- each other's shoes, but ultimately at the end of the day, we know each one of us has like the final say on on like, you know, that side of the business, and we and I think we respect each other's like you know decisions on that. Absolutely. So let's talk through kind of the ideation a little bit more here. So you meet in, in a interesting way. And you're talking about the opportunities in kind of the baby care space. And Russ comes to the table with this connection to a manufacturer. How quickly was it from that conversation to say like you had a prototype in your hand? It was not fast. We, I actually did my best to persuade Mike that we shouldn't go into diapers despite this... <laughs> you know, this relationship and a potentially like unique advantage just because I had, um, you know, I'd spent the prior couple of years helping a team launch a very big diaper business. Um, and, you know, my role was largely to, to see oversee that supply chain. And it's, it's just very difficult. And the unique thing about diapers that I think in e-commerce space in general, the, that category of uh, entrepreneurship 
is and was created because it can be very straightforward and simple to run what feels like a big brand out of a small shop. That is absolutely not the case with diapers. Uh, unlike, say, you know, uh, a little Amazon widget like this, like a clip on a phone or, or a beauty product, you know, which you could fulfill out of your closet in your bedroom. Uh, diapers require just for the minimum order, like a 40,000 square foot facility that you've got to pay for and you've got to, you know, uh, maintain. Um, and without massive sales velocities, that stuff can sit there for a long time. And just the, just the carrying costs can be very expensive. So, you know, that was, um, I think, the thing that we we really tried hard not to go into diapers. But at the same time, we're very like market, you know, our own market research, but we're very driven by what the consumers were telling us. Right. We had a group. We're fortunate to have a partner early on who had a, a you know a Facebook group with four million people in it, mostly dads. And we started polling them, like, what do you want to see in the space? Where do you see the opportunities are? Um, where do you feel like you're not spoken to well? And in which categories? And it was just super clear. Everyone's like, look, diapers and wipes. Like, there needs to be a better, more modern story told about what the world is like raising babies. And the best product through which you can express that story uh, would be the thing they use the most, which is the diapers and wipes. Yeah. And we actually... Uh, so we, we actually... Um... We hired like uh, just a random designer on like Dribble to mock up some diaper patterns, and we put together like a free Shopify site. I mean, like the jankiest version of like a free Shopify site, and we ran we ran some ads over like I don't know maybe five to seven days, and actually had people check out, um, and then we just refunded their order, sent them an email saying sorry we're sold out, like, and then we asked them to like hop on a quick phone call with us, and so I think that process. You know, obviously there was a grain of salt because like the website and the designs and all that kind of stuff was like very minimal. But what we saw through that test was like there's actually something here. Some of these like beginning, these inklings of the idea of what we want this to become, there was actually like, you know, good response to it. So I thought that was like a, you know, like a, a really interesting test for us at the time. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to take a few moments to talk about a partnership we've had at the agency for years. Electric Eye and Recharge have been partners for longer than I can remember. Recharge is our go-to solution for clients when it comes to subscriptions. At Electric Eye, we know the ins and outs of Recharge. For example, we've set up replenishment subscriptions for consumables, created countless subscribe and save campaigns, and most recently, we got a client into a Recharge beta program to utilize Recharge's dynamic bundling solution for subscriptions. We've partnered with Recharge to solve subscription, loyalty, and membership for a div diverse range of clients spanning industries like food and beverage, automotive, supplements, CPG, and beauty. Not only is Recharge an incredible partner, they've been paving the way for subscription solutions longer than anyone else in the game. The product is unmatched, giving them a massive advantage against the competition. Clients often come to us because they've struggled to find agencies that truly understand how to harness the power of Recharge. We're not just familiar, we're bona fide Recharge experts. It's one of our specialties. It's a pain point we're happy to solve. As a top-tier Recharge expert, we have unparalleled access to support and resources that ensure we'll have a successful outcome. We stay appraised of all their new feature releases and compatibilities, bundling, memberships, flows, you name it, we know it. So. If subscriptions, memberships, or loyalty are on your to-do list and you're ready to have it done, just let us know. Visit electriceye.io slash recharge today to learn more about how we can tailor Recharge's robust product to your specific needs. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E 
rechargeyourbrain.io slash R-E-C-H-A-R-G-E. Let the experts at Electric Eye get it done the right way the first time. Join the ranks of our satisfied clients who partnered with us and recharged to harness recurring revenue within their business. If you don't know what that sound is, you might be listening to the wrong podcast. That is the sound of another sale on your Shopify store. That's right, folks. We finally made it. Shopify is a sponsor of today's episode of Honest Ecommerce. And I'm here today to talk about Shopify's point of sale solution. Shopify point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. This has been a huge issue for clients of our agency in the past. You need your inventory to be synced in real time and Shopify POS does just that. Connect with customers in-store and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. You can get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success at every step along the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash honest all lowercase, go to shopify.com slash honest, H-O-N-E-S-T, to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash honest. All right. I want you to picture this. You're an e-commerce merchant juggling multiple platforms to manage your email marketing, SMS campaigns, and product reviews. It's a time-consuming and costly ordeal. But with Sendlane, those days of chaos are long gone. Sendlane brings together the power of email, SMS, and reviews all in one convenient place. So you can say goodbye to the hassle of separate tools and hello to simplified operations, increased efficiency, unified customer experience, and huge savings. And I haven't even gotten to the best part. With the all-new free Sendlane reviews, you can leverage social proof to build trust and credibility with potential customers. Let me say that again. Free product reviews. With Sendlane, you pay for email and SMS and you get reviews for free. Sendlane understands that customer feedback is essential for the success of any e-commerce business. That's why they've made it an integral part of their platform without any additional cost to you. By unifying these key components of your tech stack, Sendlane helps you save time and money all while generating more revenue. Don't let your e-commerce tech stack hold you back. Embrace the unifying force of Sendlane and take your business to new heights. Sign up today and experience the power of streamlined operations, increased efficiency, and revenue growth. Visit sendlane.com slash honest to learn more and schedule your free consultation with a Sendlane expert. That's sendlane.com slash honest. I would love to dive a little bit deeper into that test because that's such a great way to test uh, a new product into a new market and, and get validated feedback from consumers. And uh, you know how you said over a week about how much budget did you put into this test? I think we had five or six different ads going each day at like, I don't know, it was 25 or $50 cap per day. It wasn't a ton of money. Um, and the, you know, full credit to four hour work week, right? Like that was where we got this idea where it was like a Tim Ferriss concept of, oh, okay, 
take, don't just take someone to a lander and ask for their interest. Take them all the way through checkout because that's the only way you know you're a real CPA because um, everyone will tell you they'll do something and then in reality they won't. Um, but that's what we spreadsheeted out was like, okay, what's our CPC? What's our CTR? What's our CAC? Um, because these would would have been real sales. Um, and then you just, you know, cross your fingers that after the fact, the folks that you, you know, that went through checkout won't get too frustrated when you tell them that you're out of stock, right? Yeah. Going back to that timeline question, uh, I never got a clear answer from you guys. So you have you guys meet when when did you get the first prototype and then when did you launch that test? Or was it like almost concurrently? It was like Mike said, it took two years actually. So we we met we tested some concepts. We raised a little money to really for like a general new modern parenting company, um, very small amounts to like build a site, actually start. We started with a different SKU entirely, um, which was more focused on dads. And then, you know, quickly realized that there was an AOV challenge there. We needed, uh, you know, we needed more SKUs to be able to pay for the advertising costs to drive these folks to the site. And then that was when we started testing these ideas of like, okay, if we're going to add on a new SKU, what's it going to be? Everyone said it's got to be diapers. And then we said, okay, well, what kind of diapers? And how do we think about how we're different in this category that's like clearly dominated by two massive players? Um, and then everyone, that's when these ad tests came up. So from and time of meeting to launching a freestyle was about two and a half years. Absolutely. And so you guys run these tests, you get some awesome data. Uh, what do you do with that? What's the next step? Threw it in the deck and fundraised. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like as Russ mentioned, like the like the thing about diapers is the minimum, like the MOQs are are so high. I mean, our you know our first order is like was like I don't know, I think like fifteen shipping containers worth of diapers. It's it's huge, and so you know you you just have to have capital on hand to get going, and you know it's 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 unless you're just like super loaded. It's not something that you can really bootstrap. Um, and so we had to raise capital to kind of get this thing up and running. So we were raising money as we were kind of going through the R&D process and um, closed out that pre-seed round in 2021. Awesome. So you guys uh, take th these numbers back to investors, raise a bit more money, you get your final product and you're now headed towards your official launch. Is that what it was? Yeah. So you're... I love the specificity on the timeline. So let me let me give it to you and lay it out so you can map all these numbers, right? Meet in 2020, test for about a year and a half, settle on, we're going to do diapers, raise for about six months, end of 2021 is where we're at at that point. And then we order the diapers, get the brand ready. Now we've got cash in the bank to actually build a brand and design, um, you know, hire whoever we need to hire to get things ready. And then takes, you know, call it four to six months uh, for the diapers to actually arrive and because there's testing and changing the specs and samples, all of which had been going on um, for a long time. Diapers finally hit, site goes live June 2022. I mean, everything that we could. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like we didn't have like, like you know, uh, you know, we don't have any like creators attached to the brand. We don't, you know, we don't have, you know, we were effectively starting from zero for the most part, right? So a lot of it was just like, you know, content that we put out in terms of, uh, you know, trying to uh, look and appear different, tell a totally different story around parenting. We did a lot with influencers. We have a whole series that we do called the Baby Makers, which is like we send a photographer to a family's home and do this really cool photo shoot, do a Q&A. Um, 
And we also launched a bunch of like limited edition merch and accessories, which are kind of products that are non-core to the business, but really are just like these like marketing opportunities for us. You know, like especially at the time when we only had diapers, you can only talk about your diapers so much, right? Before people start getting like, you know, a little bit tired of it. Um, and so, you know, the idea with the merch and the accessories was like in those kind of steady states, like we were able to kind of bring new content and new products um, and collaborate with different brands and different influencers to kind of tell different stories. So um, that was the main thing um, that we were doing at the time. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably a good moment to to clarify where freestyle, I think, is very different on the market. And I think that informs this approach that we took of like an ensemble of kind of what you might think of as more micro style influencers. There's, It's been so like the story of macro notable famous person launching diaper line has been told so many times. It feels like at this point um, that we just knew that we couldn't take that approach from day one. And as parents, even when we were going back to the dad concept, what Mike and I really aligned on was like, look, you know, for the story of parenthood has always looked the same. It's you move to the suburbs, you get behind a white picket fence, you put on khakis and you become boring. And that's really like, I don't know why that's the story we've told ourselves as a culture, but I mean, you almost fall into it even almost, especially as a dad, I found myself like, at the preschool talking to other dads and like, Oh, it's hard. Oh, I'm tired. You know, oh, it's kids. Oh, I don't go out anymore. And I just, it just felt like, you know what, that uh, first of all, I'm choosing that. And that's not true. And second of all, what if we told the exact opposite of that? And what if we talked about how becoming a parent is in fact, like the greatest expression of your best parts of you. And it doesn't change who you are as a young person, as a creative or as an athlete or as a chef or whatever it is. Um, and, and then we built a brand that was kind of inspiring in that way. And then also had these great product attributes that really support those, those principles. Um, so we got lucky in having a supplier who had this great sustainability and like future forward story. That was great. That fits the modern, you know, kind of storytelling we want to do. How do you tell that story? Well, I think, you know, the answer we, we came to was like, let's not, let's not put all our, our bets on one person. Let's get a whole group of just people doing awesome things who also happen to be parents and then get them to just just sort of share what their life is like. And then that was the intent is that story will naturally support everything else we have to say. And it, it took a minute, you know, realistically, we didn't have some big splashy launch, um, you know, like a launch party or anything like that. But, you know, as Mike said, the, the steady drip of collaborations and content series and, you know, really cool people with really dedicated communities all talking about freestyle at the same time you start to get that overlap um, with those audiences. And I think that's where you really started to see the compounding happen. Um, and so I would say it wasn't until like fourth quarter last year that the brand really started to feel, you know, like this, it's got legs. Absolutely. So you were doing all these uh, micro, macro, however you want to title it, influencer campaigns, building out these re- relationships, building out amazing content with these people. And now are you taking all that content and all of the, that organic traffic and goodwill that you're building and then starting to pump it into retargeting through you know, advertising, texting, emails? Like, How are you trying, trying to drive people back? Yeah. I mean, we actually don't spend much on top of funnel, like paid at all. And so almost all of our budget goes instead to exactly what you're describing, re-engagement of audiences that have um, that have found their way to us and through through this kind of quote unquote organic means, which of course are all there's always money behind it in the end, but it's not like direct Facebook click to sale. That's how we look at the business. 
we also heavily emphasized retail from the from day one as a as a like a an insignificant channel for the business, largely because the reality of being a parent, I think it stems from, you know, we actually are parents who started this business, right? So we bought diapers, had diapers needs. And, and the reality is like, you know, you run out of diapers one day, you're just gonna go to the local store because that you have to have it in the minute. You can't nobody's got time to get on a website, order diapers and sit back and wait for five days when you need them. So you know, you've got to have a really broad presence to support whatever DDCV business you build in this category. And we worked hard on that. And we're really fortunate to, um, you know, to hustle our way into what we think of as the nation's premier grocery chain, which is Whole Foods, um, who's rolling us out currently nationwide. And, and, and on top of them, we have another, um, you know, several dozen grocery chains that carry us. And so those things all support those like multiple touch points that hopefully parents have with our brand where they see us in the aisle, they see some of the, um, they see or hear some of our content that we're creating and then they find their way back. You know, we get, you know, we, we do really well on performance lists and, you know, uh, lists with bloggers because the product is so fantastic. It truly is like, we arguably should be charging like 50% more for these diapers. They're like insanely good. And so that I think is a deliberate strategy on our part too. I, I say, I think, because, you know, we'll see if it all pays off, but like, you know, the um, having other people wanting to write about it because they have such great experiences really supports, you know, the the paid uh, strategy, which then is retarget everyone and make sure they never forget that, you know, they found us in this really cool way. Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the biggest secrets to building a direct-to-consumer business is just have a really good product. Yeah, uh, seriously. I mean, yeah, that was that's what we fundraised on in our second round was like, look, you know, we're, we're, nobody's going to be blown away by our top line yet, although the growth is exciting. Um, but what you are going to be blown away with is our retention rates, which are just like, you know, off the charts good. It looks more like Netflix than a, you know, a DTC brand. And I think that was absolutely what convinced our, you know, many of our investors to re-up and what brought some new folks to the table. That's fantastic. Now, if I'm a, if I'm a new parent and I'm listening to this podcast, where should I go to check out the product? Yeah, um, you could check out um, any of the Whole Foods stores nationwide. Um, we're carrying; they carry our diapers and our brand new wipes, which are amazing. Uh, EWG verified bamboo wipes, plastic negative, um, just a fantastic product. Um, both of those products are on shelf at all Whole Foods nationwide. And then um, you can also find us at freestyle.world uh, where you can sign up for subscriptions uh, and get the, the best price. Awesome. Thank you guys both for coming on the show today and sharing your story. All right. Thank you, Chase. Appreciate it. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io slash connect. Until next time.